This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads on our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk. If you'd like to join us in person, our talks take place at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. We start with an assumption. Um, it's something for another day, but it's that the Bible is the Word of God. Um, the Bible clearly teaches and sets out how that um, men and women were guided by the Holy Spirit to write it down. And the wonder of a knowledge of God's Word which is able to make us wise unto salvation. And that God's Word is quick or living and powerful and relevant for us today. There are different passages that, that speak about these things and then we can look outside the scriptures and inside the scriptures to establish that. But that's, we're, we're, we're starting that as a, something we assume to, today. So the Bible sets out to us uh, God's plan for the world. Can we, we please come to Numbers and chapter 14? as a first Bible reference. <coughs> this event in the book of Numbers comes at a key point. It is where the children of Israel have failed in terms of their faith to go forward and possess the promised land. And we see conversations between God and Moses about the faithlessness of the children of Israel and we see Moses appealing to God for his mercy. And God speaks further to Moses here in verse 21 and just states very clearly, as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. So that's irrespective of Israel and their behavior and the different things that they were doing, God says, this is what I'm going to accomplish. This is the big picture, and the earth is going to be filled with his glory. Um, and we could go to other passages in, in the Minor Prophets, and it shows to us that it's actually speaking about men and women having a knowledge of God and giving glory to God. That's what it's talking about. And so Jesus, in his prayer that he taught to his disciples, the one that we used to repeat verbatim in, in assemblies at school, the Lord's Prayer, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The first thing we are to ask for is for God's kingdom to come and for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's in that kingdom age that we're looking forward to. We pray for that to come soon. So that's the plan, that's God's plan, that's the big picture. So let's look at a bit more information. Let's come please to the Gospel of Luke and chapter one. Who's going to be the king? And if there's going to be a king, then there needs to be a kingdom. And what's the kingdom going to include? Um, in Luke chapter one, we come into the most intimate of conversations. This is the conversation between the angel Gabriel 
and Mary as she is told that she is to be the mother of the Son of God. And that conversation, be it very private, is recorded for us. And we can read it. And we see here the way that the angel reveals to, um, to Mary this, this what's going to happen. Verse 30, Mary, thou hast found favour with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob for ever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. That's, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Um, so Jesus is to be the Son of God, we see that. But he's born to be a king and he's going to reign on the throne of his father David. Now that makes you then turn to the Old Testament to learn about David and if you went we're not going to do it now but if you go to 2 Samuel chapter 7 verses 12 to 16 there you read about some very special promises that God made to King David about a son that he would have about a descendant who would also be God's son clearly speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ and about how he would build a house for God and how that he would be a king and he would reign in Jerusalem and so, and so we see the angel Gabriel here is saying to Mary you're going to give birth to the son of God and in that son he's going to accomplish everything God promised to King David all those years ago we start to see the wonder now of God's plan and purpose revealed in the scriptures. Jesus is going to be the king. He's going to reign from Jerusalem and he's going to establish God's kingdom over the whole earth. That's, that's wonderful. That's, that's what's, what Christ is going to do. Well, what's going to happen when these events take place? Let's come please to the book of Acts and chapter 17 here we see Paul preaching he's gone to Athens in Greece and if you like it's the Oxford or Cambridge of the Greek world and he's there doing some public preaching and a good number of the academics have come out to listen to him and they don't know about the God of the Bible and so we see here uh, Paul in this speech introducing them to the God of the Bible uh, and this is the God he preached to them verse 24 God that made the world and all things therein seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth dwelleth not in temples made with hands so, so, so they're in, Paul is introducing to them God and his plan and purpose with the earth and that obviously culminates in the establishment of God's kingdom and the, the relevance to them was whether they wanted to have a part of that and so 
he, he's speaking about the events after the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to the earth to set up God's kingdom. There's going to be then a resurrection of the dead. Then there's going to be a judgment of both the living and the dead and those who, who have come to a knowledge of the gospel. And we see that being spoken of here and then the establishment of God's kingdom. Verse 31 because God hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead so God has set a date we don't know it but he set a date when Jesus is going to come back and establish God's kingdom and there will be a time of judgment so this is what we're looking forward to. So this is what we mean when we say the kingdom of God is coming. This is going to happen. This is God's plan and it's going to be accomplished on the earth. Well, what does that really mean? And I suppose one of the easiest ways is just to contrast it with life today. Just very simply to use a few pictures just to contrast the two ideas what life is like today and what it'll be like in the kingdom so we we can get a bit excited about these things and start to to wonder at this time and to really long for it okay so so this is what the world is like today and and one of the things we might think about is a lack of food we might think about famines and we wonder as to the reasons for these different things and there's a whole host of them aren't there Maybe some of them are summarised there on the screen. The ideas of bad government, over-intensive farming, poor farming techniques, and, and deforestation, global warming, erratic weather conditions. And so we see that there's a significant number in the earth that don't have enough to eat. And we don't distribute the food properly or fairly. And yet we can go into our local supermarket and there's not just cheese on the shelf. There's probably about 40 or 50 different types of cheese on the shelf. And with incredible abundance. Well, what's it going to be like in the kingdom? Let's come back to that uh, psalm that we read together. A beautiful psalm of David. It's the last one he wrote before he died and revealed to him with this wonderful picture of the kingdom age. And, and it shows that the earth is going to be restored to its former fruitfulness. We could go back to the book of Genesis and see what it was like there in Eden. We see the wonder of God's creation, how it was very good. Before the pollution that man has and the abuse of, of the earth that we've seen under man's rule. And we see the picture here in the kingdom, verse 16. There shall be a handful of corn in the earth upon the top of the mountains. The fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon, and they of the city shall flourish like grass of the earth. Now, we, we do a bit of, uh, I was going to say farming, we don't, we've got an allotment. Okay, and... <laughs> Things to grow need a lot of encouragement and a lot of work. Um, a lot of manure and try and encourage and develop the right type of soil. And what, what. You certainly don't grow corn on the top of mountains. But it's almost an, 
a picture of the wonder of how the earth is going to be renewed, that even corn could grow in this fruitfulness on the top of the mountains. This is a wonderful picture um, of, of what the earth will be like. Um, I'll read to you a verse from Amos, um, where it there speaks about this kingdom age. In Amos 9, it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the ploughman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes him that soweth seed, and the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. So this is, uh, <laughs> we're getting excited because it's nearly uh, picking time for the soft fruit on the allotment. You know, we're looking at the raspberries and the, 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 we've got this boysenberry that produces prolifically. So we're quite excited. And we get the one crop a year and we, we try and freeze it and make, you know, make it last. Here it's talking about incredible fruitfulness, though that they're picking and and planting and growing and picking and planting and growing and, and this incredible cycle that just speaks of wonderful fruitfulness, doesn't it? What a wonderful time when the world will be transformed from what we see today. When there will be enough for everyone. We think about what the world is like in terms of disease. Um, and there's all sorts, aren't there? What are the typical killers? And I think now of the continents, maybe of Africa and Asia, some of the poorer areas in this world, Central America, South America, uh, and you know the, the killers, malaria, typhus, HIV, AIDS, you know, these types of, of diseases. Uh, and some may come because of poverty. Yep, some are sexually transmitted, some through immorality. Um, um, and there's a failure, isn't there, to deliver some of the basic health care uh, that uh, we take for granted with the NHS in this country. Um, and some of the terrible problems with the different diseases. And what will the kingdom be like? Let's come, please, to the prophet Isaiah again. Isaiah's got some beautiful kingdom pictures. We'll come to chapter 35. This is what the kingdom will be like. There will be no more disease. We, we had a taste of this in the Gospels when we see the miracles that Jesus performed and the way he could heal people. Well, that power will be there in unlimited form in the kingdom. And, and we look for that time when, verse 5, the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped, the lame man shall leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing, for in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. So, so that's the, the wonderful time we're looking forward to. And when I few years ago was chatting with my dad and he was struggling with Parkinson's and the fact that he couldn't do what he used to do um, and, and dad doesn't grumble but, but he, he just reflected that he couldn't do what he could do and I said well in the kingdom you will dad you know he used to run he used to say he ran at 100 yards in 10 seconds flat well perhaps not but he, he was fast and we think of other pictures, and it's figurative, but there's pictures of the availability of the tree of life. 
There's the pictures of the leaves of the Tree of Life being for the healing of the nations. And beautiful pictures about life in the kingdom and, and God's power and the ability to, to respond to all these different diseases and man's human frailty that we struggle with today. Well, what the world is coming to. There's an example from a local uh, paper in the evening news in Manchester of the, um, an elderly lady that you can see has been brutally treated from some sort of petty robbery and um, there was no justice for this woman even six years on and they were appealing for assistance in trying to bring to account somebody who had done that, that act despicable act okay? and we think of all the different crimes and it goes from all sorts of levels perhaps the the more brutal ones we see on our televisions we probably have all experienced it whether it's the breaking in of the shed or the garage and stealing of tools or bikes um, it's I see it at work in banking and the different types of fraud and attempted crime, white-collar crime, victors-less crime. I'm sure you there are victims. Okay, uh, and very, very clever people using their their knowledge and skills not to work hard, but to just steal and cheat. Yeah, that's the society we live in. Uh, it very much mirrors actually what God describes in the book of Genesis during the days of Noah. Um, he there describes a time when people were evil. That, that's certainly an overriding picture that the earth was corrupt, the earth was violent, and the earth was wicked. Those are the sorts of phrases that are used back in Genesis to describe the society then. And I, I think increasingly it's a society we see around us today. Paul, in, in his letter to Timothy, he speaks about people being lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Okay, so, so what's the kingdom going to be like? And this is really, I find, quite exciting. Let's come to Isaiah again, but this time chapter 11. We're going to see a time when there is real justice. And we've seen that Jesus is to be the king. And it's interesting in the Gospels, when people came to see the Lord Jesus Christ, even before they spoke to him, he already knew what was their issue, their problem, their question, and he could respond to it. He could read their minds. Okay? So if we went back to that situation with that lady, Evelyn, God knows who did what was done to Evelyn. Okay? He knows why and when. Men and women, we, we fumble around, don't we? There's so many crimes that go unresolved. And, and here we see Jesus, he's going to be king, he's going to be judge. Uh, and we see verse 3 and 4. God will make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. So God, 
when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to reign and rule with his authority, okay, with, with access to God's power. And there is going to be justice for all people, not just the wealthiest. Okay? In, in Manchester, there's a, a famous solicitor called Nick Loophole Freeman, and he specialises in getting celebrities off uh, speeding fines or drink-drive accusations, okay? And he's called that because he finds little loopholes in the law or, or in the police evidence to get people off. And if you pay a lot of money, then you can get Nick Loophole Freeman to represent you, okay? I would suggest that's not true justice. Okay. This is true justice for everyone. God will know people's hearts, Christ will know people's motives and thinking before they've even expressed it. It will be known. And we're talking true justice. Not man's laws, but God's laws. With righteousness. Okay, what's, what's, what God says is right and wrong. This is the, the judgment that Christ will bring. This is what the kingdom will be like. Yes, in there there is mercy, there is love, but there is truth as well, there is justice. And I suppose the one overriding issue that we struggle with today is our own mortality. What the world is coming to, death. What is it? Two things in life are certain, death and taxes, this is the one for as in Adam all die that's what Paul says yeah, we've all got Adam's nature and in Romans 6 the wages of sin are death so this is the thing we earn this is the thing we deserve that's, that's not something very popular to say is it that we deserve death but that's the reality for us all um and it can be short, it can be long. Um, what will the kingdom be like? And I suppose it's the opposite. And it, those two verses, as in Adam die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Yes, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Picture of a baby. Jenny, thank you, um, to make you think of life and the wonder of life. This is what the kingdom will be like. So, when will Jesus return? Okay, so that's what the kingdom of God is going to be like. It's going to come. This is the wonderful time it's going to be like. When's it going to happen? And of course, the answer is, I don't know. Uh, Christ said in Matthew 24, that day and hour knoweth no man. Not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But God does know. <laughs> we don't know the day, but God does. And God's plan is sure. Can we come over, please, to 2 Peter chapter 3? Um, Peter captures this beautifully because he, he talks about a society at the start of the chapter where men and women are mocking the idea and the reality that Christ is going to return. 
and that surely reflects again the society that we live in today and people the Peter says at the start of the chapter they disregard the idea that God created the earth and that God has previously judged the earth with a flood they're, they're ignorant of that they, they, they ignored that and so people today you know they say God didn't create the earth the earth evolved so they, they deny this don't they this, this is exactly what Peter said okay so, so that's what's happened but whilst Christ hasn't returned yet we can be certain verse 8 beloved be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long-suffering to us would not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night so, so the fact that Christ hasn't returned is evidence of God's continuing love and patience but he has set a date and we've seen previously from other incidents that are recorded in the scripture there is a day where God will bring judgment he has in the past and he will in the future and, and we need to be aware of that we have an opportunity now to respond to embrace this hope but the day of the Lord verse 10 will come as a thief in the night so it's going to happen be be ready and the Lord Jesus Christ in his Olivet prophecy uh, gives us some clear signs to look for events that will happen in the lead up to his return and the establishment of God's kingdom if we can please come back to Luke and chapter 21 the Olivet prophecy is in recorded in three of the gospels Matthew 24 and 5 Mark 13 Luke 17 and 21 and it's well worth reading and comparing the different records Initially, it speaks about the destruction of Jerusalem that would follow shortly after Jesus' death that took place in AD 70. And then it comes forward to the days leading up to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll read this to you in a, a slightly more modern version, verse 25. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress in, of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world for the powers of the heavens will be shaken and they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory so quite often moon and stars and sun and, and these different figures the sea uh, are, are used to, to demonstrate different things in the scriptures Quite often things in the sky are quite often used to describe political powers. Um, and it talks about also things happening on the earth. It talks about peoples and events and the roaring of the sea and the waves. And I would suggest to you that, that some of these phrases, you know, the, the level of political upheaval and uncertainty, um, this idea of perplexity, Problems which just cannot be solved is the idea behind that. 
It's just like the situation we see in the earth around us today. I went to a special presentation from the investment team at the bank the other day, and they haven't got a clue. It really, they gave us a good hour. It was very detailed, lots of charts and graphs, but they really do not know what next. They don't know about Trump, they don't know about Brexit, they don't know about the Middle East, and they have not got the answers. Okay, and the, we see the politicians wrestling with the different issues. Certainly we've got a big issue in this country around Brexit, but other countries have got their own. And men and women have not got the answers, however well-intentioned they might be. People are really concerned about what's coming next. And the earth is going to be shaken. And then Christ will return. And how we long for that day, how we need that day. Um, there's a, a prayer that comes in the end of Revelation. Even so come, Lord Jesus. And we pray for that day. But this is where it gets personal, isn't it? Okay, so, so that's what the Bible teaches. And we've given you a taste of that. There's a lot more passages a lot more places you could go to to build that up and back that up. But now it becomes very individual. What's our preparation for Jesus' return? Because we have an opportunity. Uh, and the opportunity is to embrace the gospel message. And to prepare. And it starts with the word of God. It starts with the Bible. Uh, as we read that, we have the opportunity to develop a faith. Paul tells us in Romans that faith cometh from hearing and hearing from the word of God. And without faith we can't please God, so it's that important. We see the need then once we build this faith to repent, to turn around in our lives and in our thinking. That's the clear instructions as we see the gospel going out in the book of Acts as they went out preaching and speaking to people. And following that is our commitment to service and to a life in the Lord Jesus Christ at our baptism. Clearly Jesus tells us um, the only way to salvation is through adult baptism. He that believeth and is baptised shall be saved. And then it's a life in service following the example of the Lord Jesus Christ and a life given to God, mindful of what he has done for us. Can we, by way of conclusion, come to the book of Lamentations? Uh, and Lamentations chapter 3. Not a, a book I would suggest we often go to on a Sunday afternoon, but this passage is beautiful. And it really speaks about the individual challenge to each of us. Let's come in at verse 22, if we may, please. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. 
It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. That's the wonder of the gospel message. That is our opportunity. Even so come Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ is coming back. Are you, am I, ready? Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk.